Well, hey, tonight is our, our kind of our, we, we've been doing this every third Wednesday of the, the month. We are doing what we call table talk discussion. And it's a, it's, it's a way designed to help us look forward to community groups in the future that we would assemble in homes scattered all over Volusia and other counties and, and be able to reach our neighbors, but learn to take a passage of Scripture and discuss it together. Um, and learn ourselves, dig into the text ourselves, answer some questions from that text. And tonight's the third Wednesday, so here we are. Um, on the table in front of you, there should be at least eight sheets there. One side has the text that we're going to look at tonight, um, and the other side has questions. So I'm going to read that text uh, with, with you, and you can follow along. Um, and you want to follow along, uh, that actually is in the version I'm reading in, so follow along on there, because we're going to pull, uh, for most all of those answers, and I'll explain number one first, but most every one of those answers, we're going to, those questions, we're going to pull the answer right out of the text tonight. And we're going to write down underneath there the answers to those questions. They're going to be right in the text. The verses are there. And, uh, uh, and then we're going to come back and discuss our answers and see what you found as we went down through there. I think this will be very encouraging to you, particularly uh, in thinking and going along the line where we're going as a church in our, in our government, uh, our church government and, and elder-led. So this is a great passage just for us to learn from in this. So let's follow along and read it together here. I'll, I'll read, you, you follow along, and, uh, and then I'll give you just some setting and some opening thoughts, and then we'll turn you loose at your tables, and we'll get some good discussion going on this. On chapter 20 of Acts, verse 17, and we'll read all the way to the end of the chapter, verse 38. The Word of God says this, from Miletus, he, that's Apostle Paul, sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, Come to him, he said to them, You yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility, with tears, and with trials which came upon me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, and teaching you publicly and from house to house, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, bound by the Spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me that in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course in the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God." And now, behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. 
And now I commend you to God and to his word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to their own needs and to the men who were with me. In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And they began to weep aloud and embrace Paul and repeatedly kissed him, grieving especially over the word which he had spoken, that they would no longer see his face again. And they were accompanying him to the ship. Well, there's God's word, and this is a a great passage um, that we learn a great deal from. Let me just give you just a little bit of setting what is going on here. Um, Paul is is um, revealing tremendous biblical leadership traits to these men. And so we are certainly one of, that's one of the main reasons that we're looking on at this text. But, but setting-wise, he, he's on his way to Jerusalem. And what he's, what he's really doing is he's taking the offering from the Gentile churches um, uh, that were scattered around. He's coming back from Corinth and other churches. He has an offering with him. The Gentiles are giving an offering to the Jewish church in Jerusalem. It's pretty amazing. And it wasn't just a few chapters, we're a little bit of time before this, that, that the Jews, the Christian Jews, realized that God was saving Gentiles. And here the Gentiles are ministering to the Jews in Jerusalem. That He's actually carrying a gift there. Now, uh, there's a little more to this. He even says, I know I won't see your face anymore because Paul has been made aware by the Lord that he's probably not coming back in that, he said, trials and affliction await him in every city. And we know that he's arrested um, when he gets in Jerusalem, eventually taken to Rome, eventually goes to house arrest, uh, then released, but then arrested again. So, so he's on a kind of farewell tour here. Most people don't understand that, but Paul seems to understand that. Now, Time doesn't allow him to stop and visit all the churches here, but he does stop here in Miletus. Now, Miletus is a city on the Asia Minor coast. It's about 30 miles southwest uh, of Ephesus. So those men probably had a good full day and a half trip. You could do about 20 miles a day walking. Um, so they came down maybe a day and a half to meet him there in Miletus. This becomes his farewell address to this church and this leadership. Now, remember, this is his church. He planted this church. He, these are his men that he trained. So there's a very powerful connection here and a very emotional. You see at the end how they respond to him, the fact that he is going away. Um, but yet he still has work to do. He's preparing these men to be true shepherds in a plurality of group of men, so we don't want to miss that. The address is filled with great instruction for elders. This is a passage that we study. It's connected to many other passages, but we we study this passage to help us understand how the church is to conduct itself, how elders are to be examples and live out calling. It also challenges the church to understand how God designed the church to be shepherded. It's a very important passage that the church realizes that God has put men in your life to care for you and lead you. And they're called and qualified men. And we'll see, you can see that and you'll pick some of that out as we go down through this. Now, if Paul were alive today, he'd probably be the most sought out conference and church 
you know, speaker everywhere, right? Because we go, man, we want him at T for G or, you know, Gospel Coalition. But Paul, I don't think Paul would be that. I thought about this today. I said, I don't think he'd ever do that because he's not teaching a method. Sometimes in, in our circles, you hear guys come around and their church really grew. And so they write some book on church growth or something like that. Paul didn't have that. You know what Paul had? The testimony of Jesus Christ. That's how he ran his life. So I don't think he would take any conferences or he'd decline all those opportunities because his success was not in a method, but in a person. And we see that come out of here as the Lord brought him along. And so think about Paul. He was discipled by the Lord himself. He was discipled by the Lord himself. Parts of Abria and Arab. In uh, Arab world, and then also in Damascus. Listen to Galatians chapter 1, just to give you a little background on him. Verse 16. I did not immediately consult flesh and blood. So he's talking about his salvation. So he didn't, as soon as he was saved, he did not go to the apostles, is what he's saying, to be taught. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were the apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. And then three years later, I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas. That would be Peter, right? And stayed with him only 15 days. But I did not see another apostle except James, the Lord's brother. So one of the things the Bible's telling us is that Paul learned the heart of leadership in the heart of the gospel and all the things that he teaches us through the Bible from the Lord himself. It's fascinating when you study his writings, he'll often say this. You maybe find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 when we get to the Lord's table. He says, I give to you what I received from the Lord pretty amazing statement. So this is before a, a complete canon. The, the Bible was not fully closed yet. The Bible was being written and God was revealing these truths to Apostle Paul. And of course he goes on to write at least 13 epistles um, uh, that we know of with his name on it. So he's being instructed that way. So he has a pattern this way. And, and I think this is what Jesus taught. John chapter 13, verse 15. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. And so in chapter 15, he says, I've been an example how I've poured my life into you, disciples. Now you pour your life into someone else. That's, that's what eldership does. Not only do we take care of you know, budgets and bylaws and all the things that are going on, but our main emphasis is to shepherd people, to be in their lives, to teach them God's word, to counsel, to, to spend time with them, help them grow. This is all through the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 4, 16, Therefore I exhort you, Paul says, be imitators of me. Now that's quite a statement. Can you live your life in such a way by the glories of God that you can say, imitate me? See, Paul would say that because he's following someone else, Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1.6, you also become imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with joy of the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter chapter 5, speaking to the elders, nor let us lord it over them as allotted to our charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And then one more verse here as you think about all of this. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 says this, Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and consider the results of their contact, conduct and imitate their faith. So one of the things that we learn as we study this as elders, as an elder-led church, as we make that step to finalize that, we've been being led as a pastor-led, elder-led church, but we're making that, that step here in the next month or so in our bylaws, is that we want to understand what, what those elders are. And this is one of those passages that helps the church get their mind around 
what God calls eldership. And we see it through the example of the Apostle Paul here. So Acts chapter 20, 17 through 38 gives us great insight into God's view of the heart of a pastor elder and how the congregation should be led. So in front of you, if you look at that, on the back side of that, of that page where the scriptures were on are some questions. And these are to help us as we embrace this, um, fully take this full, clear, positional change in our governance as we, as we do with our bylaws and, and say, look, we are an elder-led church. We embrace the scriptures that this is what is taught in the New Testament. So um, now, one other last thought before I turn you loose here. I think sometimes we go, oh, yeah, well, you know, Scott and the pastors, all that, they're going to need to live by this stuff, you know. The elder qualifications are great for everyone. Just think if we all looked at a 1 Timothy chapter 3 or a Titus chapter 1, and we dedicated our lives to honoring the Lord with that. Now, as elders of the church, we, we need to do that out of a love for the Lord, um, to be men who are qualified to, to do this, to preach the word, to shepherd and do those things. But just think if a church, like our size of church, and, and the core of the church said, we will live godly lives for his glory and align ourselves with these godly principles. How, how would God use us in this world if the core of this church committed to this? So as you read these things and you answer these questions, don't just think of us, right? Because it's easy, well, boy, those pastors sure got their work cut out. Think about, hey, how does this apply to me, right? Because in these verses, we're going to look, there's service and examples and even evangelism that's in these verses as we look through them, okay? So let me go over the questions just real quick with you, um, and then we'll, we'll turn you loose here in your groups. The first one is one that is a principle that we find through Scripture. So in verse 17, what is the significance of Paul's use of elders, plural, from the church of Ephesus versus elder pastor singular. And, I, and I, I, there's many passages that would support this, but one, somebody at, the, at their table, make sure you read 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 through 4, just a supporting text to maybe help answer that question why it's important that he addresses the elders versus uh, maybe just a senior pastor who runs everything or a single leader of a church, right? So we want to, that's a very important question to kind of kick around your table for a few minutes and leaders walk them through that, make sure um, somebody reads that passage there in First Peter. Second one in verses 18 and 19, what can we learn about elder service through the example of Paul? So just put some bullet points down there. In those verses, you're going to see things right out of that text that are just bullet points of what you see as an example uh, of Paul's service. Number three, in verse 20, how does Paul express the elders' teaching and shepherding responsibilities? So look in there, and right in those verses, you'll see a number of things that Paul did that are the example of what elders should be doing as they handle the Word of God and as they care for souls. Then number four, verse 21, lists at least three evangelistic principles of the elder. Verse 21 is an amazing verse for how we do outreach and how we care for people um, with the gospel. Five, in verses 22 through 24, in what ways does Paul set an example for the elders to live sacrificial lives for Christ and his church? So there's, there's a bunch in there, but at least, you know, name a few of them. And then six, in verse 25 through 35, this is the big text as you go down there, at, name at least 10 qualities for the elder and pastor. I wrote, I think I got 25. So hopefully you can get 10 as you look at it. And then lastly, 
as time permits, is there instruction for the church in the last few verses there? And jot down a few things that we would see for the church's response to that. All right? Okay, table leaders, take it away at your tables and lead that discussion. I'll jump back in as we get close to finishing, and we'll take some answers from different tables, okay? All right, so somebody be writing stuff down so you can shout it out for that table. Okay, let's, um, we'll wrap it out at your table, and let's talk through these just for a few minutes that we have left together. Uh, um, we just had a great discussion at our table. I hope you did too as well, and you're learning um, and isn't it fun to look right in the text and find the answers? I think that's the way God intended us to handle his word, that the word has the answers. But let's start with the first one there. You know, what is the significance? Why, why the plural of elders there? Do we see that? No, we know this is a biblical principle. But somebody, somebody raise your hand at one of your tables and say, what, what are some of the significances of what you saw in that? Why it would be plural? Be brave. Here we don't have a lot of time. Bill. There's a lot of work to do. Yes, a multitude of encouragement. Right, yes, Bonnie. Accountability. Yes, it's really good. It's neat to work with a great group of men who love the Lord and work together and keep ourselves accountable uh, to God and His flock. Yes, Bill. Different talents. Excellent. We're a multiple group of men that have various talents, so the church is ministered by different talents. And, and our pastor elders that you have right now are multiply gifted. Some of them way gifted more in other areas than I am. I stand in awe of some of their gifts. And we share that together. We carry that, what we call division of labor among the leadership of the church. And we carry that together. Any, any, any more on that thought? Yes, David. Yeah, Peter there. Yeah, First Peter. He says, fellow elders. Yeah, so Peter isn't the first pope of the Catholic Church. He goes, uh, he uses a term of equality there. Fellow elder. Let's move on because it's take a time. Number two in verses 18 and 19, what can we learn about the elder service through the example of Paul? What are some examples that he said in there? Um, humility. He, he, he shows humility. His service was marked with humility. Yeah, somebody else. Perseverance, he's committed from the very first day. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Think about that. From the time he met them in Asia Minor, from the very first day, and he says, the whole time I was with you. What an example of an elder. Well, you know, I don't like the way things are going here, so I'm just going to go somewhere else. From the first day, he was committed. Sacrificial to those things. What, anything else in that one? Compassion, Yes. He, there's compassion with tears. Yes. Yeah. You saw me do this. Excellent. All right. Three. In verse 20, how does Paul express the elders' teaching shepherding responsibilities? What are some things you saw in that? Somebody. Raise a hand and yell. Here we go. Andy. Yeah. He didn't shy back, right? We would, we would say he, he taught the full counsel, right, of the Word of God. He wasn't there to tickle ears. It's, it's one of the responsibilities of elder pastor is to handle the Word in all of it, not the ones that, you know, everybody's going to like you with. There's a hand over here. Bill. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Public proclamation 
one-on-one with people at times. A pastor elder who comes and visits you in the hospital or sits with you in a counseling appointment. Think about that. You know, they didn't have buildings like this. So they came to people and they sat down. That house-to-house is more than just having community groups. That, that's counseling. That's caring for people who are sick, laying hands on them, praying with them. All of those things, you see the full scope of his ministry in there, don't you? Anything else in that one that we missed there? What was that? Don't turn away. Good job, girls. Yeah, they stood in the fire, didn't they? They stood for what they knew that God God wanted them to do. Number four in verse 21 lists at least three evangelistic principles of an elder. Do you see them there? What was that? Hang, Hang on, Haber, I'm coming to you. This is a very good point. Testifying to both Jews and Greek. Why is that an important thing? He left no one behind. He's not a respecter of persons. He wasn't afraid of the racial question. He knew the gospel could break through any cultural things. The gospel was good for the free man, the slave, the woman, the male, um, the barbarian, the Scythian. He, he didn't care. He just came with the gospel. He wasn't building teams there, was he? Yes, Hayward, what did you... Yeah. So he knew the gospel. First of all, somebody said it over here. He testified. It starts with this unashamedness of the gospel. He testified what? What's the Bible say there? Solemnly. Meaning he was unashamed of the gospel. Elders, pastors must be unashamed of the gospel. We don't have what else do we have? To save and to show people the way to salvation. You have to be unashamed of the gospel. I love that phrase. He solemnly testified. The word means to bear witness. This is the only way. And what Haber's group is saying, the result of that is what? Faith in God. Faith in Christ alone. Repentance to God. Right? That's, that's what is the result of the gospel. And so when he was out sharing the gospel, he looked for those things. He looked for true repentance where people, oh God, what must we do to be saved? I can only come to you through the finished work of your son. See that? That's, that's a great verse to think about as you go out and carry the gospel. But for pastors, I mean, these are what we do as an elder. We must be solemnly testify. We're un, unashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I trust that Everyone in this room is that way. How about five in verses 22 through 24? In what ways does Paul set an example for the elders to live sacrificially lives for Christ and his church? What'd you get out of that one? That was pretty cool one, right? Yeah. So he, he trusts God's plan, right? He says, I don't know what awaits me, but I know what I'm supposed to do. I mean, does anybody know what's going to happen tomorrow? You have a pretty good idea. I, you know, I have a pretty busy day. I can look up my, my, my calendar. But I really don't, I'm really not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed to get home tonight. So it's a trust in the Lord. It's a deep trust in the Lord. John. Yeah. So, so notice in those verses, he speaks of the Holy Spirit at least twice in those verses. So what will we say he is what? He's spirit-filled. I think that's a characteristic of leadership. You must be gripped by the Spirit. 
Otherwise, you'll be gripped by yourself, and that causes bad leadership. When you're more concerned of yourself than what the Spirit would have you do, we end up leading churches the wrong way. So he's definitely filled with the Spirit. Yes. Yes. That's that filling of the Holy Spirit, constrained by him, controlled by him. Uh, he has a control of me. Uh, good, good answer. Anything else in there that you saw? Yes, Lisa. He expected. He said, I don't know what's going to happen, but what awaits me in every place is affliction, right? Okay, most of us are going, well, I'm out. <laughs> hey, I, and you've heard me say this before, and any elder in here knows we, you always have somebody mad at you. No matter, I, there's always somebody mad at me, always, you know, you know, you go, man, if I'd have known this, I don't think I would have left seminary. It was nice at seminary. We're just studying together and, you know, praying and, you know, then they let you out. <laughs> and the wolves come after you and people bite you and you go, well, sheep don't have teeth. Yes, they do. They have both top and bottom teeth. Yeah, somebody had a hand up. Yes, Dan. Man, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, he, he loved the Lord more than he loved his own life. Aren't these great principles for us all? I mean, shouldn't we be praying these things for our own lives? All right, we got to keep rolling here. Six, in verses 25 through 35, big set of verses there, 11, listen to these 10 qualities um, of an elder pastor. Let's go around tables here. Kyle, give me one. Preaching the kingdom, very first one, right off the bat. Good job, good exit, Jesus. Charlie, your group. Testifying. Brian, your group. He's a hard worker. It's right in the text, isn't it? Hayward, what about you? Yes, always on guard. Boy, you let your dad, oh, man, you want to lose your herd quick. Don't keep trying. Don't, don't know where the wolves are because they'll get you. Some of our young men caught a man in amongst our flock just a little while ago who was an absolute wolf preying on some women in our church. And our young men, actually our young men, they were in our seminary and in teaching roles, they caught them before we did. And I was very proud of them, very thankful. It was, a, it was a disturbing situation. So, Ryan, what about you guys? Yeah, the whole council, whole purpose of God. Yeah, Brent. He protected the flock. Yeah, this table here, who's Brad? Relational and personal. Next table back. Mike, your table. You got something there? Anybody? Yeah. On God for yourself, not only for yourself, but also for the flock. Elders have to guard their own hearts. You know that? All it takes you to get hurt, start feeling sorry for yourself. Pretty soon you're handling the flock wrong. Um, not in the word. Not humble before the Lord and what he has for you to do. Pretty soon you're doing your own thing. Happens all the time. Very good. But then you go, well, boy, i got to guard myself. Well, wait a minute. There's all these other people that we have to keep an eye on. So another reason for a multitude of elders. Being among the flock, not sitting up over the top of them and looking down. Well, hey, you know, if you guys can get up to us, you'll be okay. Get among the flock. Yes, uh, Andy. What is that? Amonish. Amonish with what? With tears, he says. With compassion. So it's one thing to see somebody in sin, but it's how you handle them. We don't like church discipline. We'll tell you as elders, we don't like going through it. It's hard. But it's hard because we weep over our own sin 
And there's a humility that comes with that, right? Bobby, what'd you get in there? Helps a weak. Excellent. Yeah, that, I mean, we should be doing that, right? It's really easy to help everybody that has all the money, you know, and all the work. But what about the weak? Yeah, let's go, Bill, your group, and work our way forward here. Be on alert. Remember the word. Yeah. Excellent. Let's keep going. We're out of time. Who's Jim, Jeff? Who's got the group there? Oh, there, Dave. I didn't see you. Non-covetous. Boy, there's one nobody can see, right? I mean, think about that. And, and you know, I, I, my first church I was in, uh, one old lady told me, she says, well, we keep you poor so you'll trust the Lord. <laughs> you know, you're looking at everybody else's stuff, you know, going, Lord. <laughs> right? Yeah. Andrew, what do you got? Right, we got? We got like three more. Three more. Yes. Not building our own kingdom. Not building your own kingdom. Yeah. Knowing whose church is excellent. Not ours. We didn't, it wasn't our blood that bought this. Right? Dan. Go ahead, Kay. Excellent. Mature believers. They may be familiar with the word. You got to know where we're going, right? Brian, your group. Or, or Duke. Giver of themselves. They're, they're, they're not holding on to everything. They're ready to give it away. Yes, back here, um, John, your group. Or, or Pastor Jerry, one of you. The list is going short. Yes. He's commending you to God. Elders, I commend you to God and to his word. Not to your own thought process. Not to psychology. Not, not to what the wisdom of the world is. I commend you to God. Meaning you're going to stand and give an account, right? There's a stricter judgment for those who teach James 3.1. Um, uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. We will give an account for those that we have charge over. So he's commending us to God, and not just, well, God, but to his word, right? That's where we find our answers. Somebody up here. You're all scrambling for ones we haven't done yet, huh? Led by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. He's spirit-filled. Yes. Jason. He's among the flock. He knows the sheep. He cares for, for them. He's called by the Holy Spirit. There's a good one. Thank you, babe. Um, such an important one. Notice he talked about that he had his own calling, but then in verse 28 he says, you, you were called by the Holy Spirit. He's talking directly to the elders of Ephesus. So we don't, that's why we don't go, oh, you know, okay, you know, Bob, Dan, you, you know, be an elder. We, God may put it on your heart, and that's why we start through a long process to see if this is of God or it's of you. We certainly don't want it to be of me. I can't look at your heart and mind. So we want to see men who are called by the Spirit. They go, I, Scott, I, man, God's just pushing me. He's pushing me to do this. And he's exposing things in my life and wanting me to care for the flock. And he's dealing with things. Eldership is difficult because it exposes everything in your life as you move towards it. And it's a very humbling process. Last one. Is there anything instruction for the church there in those last few verses? Jeff. What's that? Pray. Pray by example. Pray, right? They prayed with him there. An excellent thing. Um, what else? Somebody else. Yeah, Hayward. 
Yeah. Excellent. I would call it a joyful submission, right? And, there's, and it's relational. It, we love each other. I, I bet we just flipped over our three-year mark, and I'm as much as love with you people as I've been with anybody I've ever shepherded. There's a relationship there because of Jesus Christ. Brian, did you have your hand up? <laughs> we can end with that one. Uh, you all can take us down to the, to, uh, you know, to the cruise ship and put us on. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> did anybody get that? Anybody else write that down on their paper? Put them on a cruise. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Andrew just said, where did that cruise go? It went to jail. <laughs> yeah, went to beatings and all kinds of things. So good, good, uh, good eye there. Yes, Brad. I think the word grieving, especially over the word that he had spoken. Yeah. This wasn't miss Paul. I think they're going to miss what he said. Yes. You hear what Brad said? It's not they're just going to miss Paul. They're grieving over what he had to say, you know, the truth of him being there and being a teacher to them in a lot of ways. These are his men. These are the men he trained. So isn't that fun? Did you guys enjoy that? Just getting in the word, digging those truths out. What, what a joy to exeget the scriptures. Um, encourage everybody. I mean, people are, some people are a little afraid of this because they don't want to get in a group and have to talk. But is it pretty easy just to discuss? We try, we try to make it where you can really learn in these groups. So let me pray, and then we'll be dismissed. If you have kids, please run there and get them so I don't get hung here. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in our church, Lord. Thank you that you continue to move us to excel still more, be more biblical as a church, uh, more evangelistic, um, more loving towards each other, more shepherding and caring and submission to one another. All those things, Lord, you're pushing us to do those things. So, Lord, may we align our lives up with you, and may you, God, we humbly ask you to use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The artist missed. We'll see you Sunday.